what would my brothers have done? People that know me and those that don't, they know that I have three older brothers. And then I have uh, three older brothers in that, my cousins. And so when I think about Brother George Floyd, I keep thinking about what my brothers would have done. Now, my brothers and I, I've seen, um, well, we've been in some royal rumbles at the house. My mama raised four of us by herself and uh, with the help of the Most High God and, and, and the Holy Ghost and his son. And so the four of us being raised by a mother who was going to school and bettering herself and making sure that the sacrifices that she had to make were made by way of her journey in the path um, that was chosen for her life. And I am... Grateful for that. She's a mother in Zion. I, I celebrate her. Celebrate you, mom. She knows I say it to her in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I'll say it. Now I'm saying it here uh, on a podcast. Um, but we've been in some royal rumbles at the house. I've seen my brothers uh, fight each other. We fought one another. They fought me. One of my brothers had a cast on his, on his arm one time. And uh, hit me in the head with the cast because I did something like an adolescent, like the youngest brother would do. And uh, I, they hid me, and I hid. They were bringing food up to the room. Finally, my mama said, where's my baby? Where's Corey? I ain't seen Corey in two, three days. Where is he at? And when she saw me and what my brother had done, you should see the look on her face. And I'll never forget it. Her eyes got real big. It's like, oh, my God. what, did, what? And so we had already made up a lie. And, and, and that didn't hold and reign true. So ultimately, somebody got whooped uh, by my mama based on what my brother had done to her baby. Uh, but we've been into it. I, I, me and another brother of mine, the one right before me, we've been into it. Oh, man, we've been into it. We've been into it verbally, and we've been into it uh, physically. Uh, I have all of my brothers and I, we play football. They play basketball. I've seen them. Uh, gang up on fo uh, on on, fo on folks, <laughs> and so I I, I keep and, and then my my big cousins. Oh my goodness, they were older than all of them, and so it's like man, all these black men that loved each other, born and raised uh, in in the church organization uh, back there in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and we, we were tough when it came to to external and internal. And so uh, the only reason why I'm thinking about this, uh, perhaps not the only reason, but uh, the eulogy that was given uh, uh, by the reverend, um, it, it puzzled me. Let me use that word. It puzzled me. Uh, and it puzzled me. Um, I've, I've used this, this term of thought, this phrase of thought uh, with my circle of friends it's like a deficit thought. And I'm saying a deficit thought because for some reason, uh, as black folk, uh, we always kind of come from behind, come from underneath, come from, uh, and, and the language that we use is, is like the underdog. Um, I, I, don't, I don't use that language for me. I remember my mama said one time, 
Uh, we finally found out that them paper things she had in her drawer and them colored paper was was food stamps. And she said, we're poor. And I said, I ain't poor. <laughs> and I reflected on the love that I felt in the house. And, Je- and all of them said, oh, we poor, we poor. And I said, I ain't poor. What do you mean poor? I, I never went hungry. Uh, if I did go hungry, it's because I didn't, I, I didn't get what I wanted. And so I acted like I was hungry, but I never went hungry. And, and mama took good care of us. And so, no, there was no, there was no being poor. So I, that thought and, and that language was arrested at a very, very, very young age. And I thank the most high God in the spirit for, for allowing me to be like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. If, 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 if this is poor, then dang, what is that when they don't have nothing and the mama's gone and this and that and that. But even then, I didn't have that thought. So it was never a thought of being poor. So a deficit thought uh, comes from kind of that frame of mind like, oh, we, we, uh, we, we were the sharecroppers. And sure enough, that's truth. That's fact. That, that, yes. But to say that we, ha- that we came from nothing presents a language that always comes from behind or underneath or with a deficit. And so to hear uh, the eulogy uh, where it talked about uh, you kept your knee on my neck, I just began to look at the picture. I began to look at the picture, the picture, the picture. There were many people there. And I'm not blaming nobody. I mean, I'm, just hear me out. There were many people there. And there are uh, two different fronts going on, right? And I'm going to talk about both of them. But there are many, many, many people there. Many people have cameras. And so on the one front, technology has uh, uh, made us sensitive to get our phone but not sensitive to react physically. So what would, I'm just going to keep on talking. So if, in fact, I got a phone and that is the only action that I can take, uh, imagine other actions that I could have taken. Just imagine that. Imagine other actions that I could have taken besides grabbing my phone. I want us to have uh, a, a real... A sober moment uh, about, and I just call them devices, you know, these, these devices, these electronic devices. I don't really look at that as technology. I believe technology is your mind. I believe technology is an ink pen, right? Um, because it can manipulate, it can cause and create from, from absolutely nothing. That is technology. Um, and so a result of technology is a cell phone with a camera, and they got all these um, uh, very, very make it practical, make it easy apps on your phone, all of this. And so we're quick to grab an app. We're quick to grab a phone. Wow. True enough, uh, four police officers, they had guns. They they subdued, and they, Instead of arresting, because arresting could have been very, very, very simple. I had a conversation last night with my brother-in-law, and he, he made it so plain how easy it is to arrest somebody when they already in cuffs. Put them in the car. <laughs> what is that? Um, but they subdued, and then they began to do what they did. And all a certain, uh, I mean, they had their phones, and, they, and that was the action that they took. And so when I listen and reflect on the words of the eulogy of, they kept their knee on my neck. They kept their knee on our neck. They kept their knee on our neck. Well, that's when I begin to think about 
wait a minute, what kind of language is this? My brothers would not be talking after the fact saying that. I would be alive and well if my brothers were there and that were me. Because I've seen my brothers go to bat on a football field. We've gone to bat with one another, with our cousins. We've been trained to respond to family. And as much as it's the other front now, as the enemy has tried to pacify us to respond with arms when our family has another with someone to put their knee on their neck, look at the way, look at the accomplishment of the enemy. Look at the accomplishment. The enemy has accomplished great things because instead of people bombarding what the, what, what the law hopefully maybe perhaps, I'm not even going to use hopefully, but perhaps may render a killing. Instead of people responding to somebody being killed right in front of their eyes with arms and to say, wait a minute, there's more of us than them. Let us, my brothers would have said, if they're all three, if all three, and then you add the, the, the uh, my aunt, uh, uh, and her three sons, if all six of them were there, there would be no eulogy. Perhaps there would somebody, no, there would be no eulogy. There would be no eulogy for any of us. And so a response is necessary. The reaction has been to, to riot, to protest. That's an interesting reaction. And I had the same conversation I had last night. I said to my brother, he said, he asked the question, my brother-in-law, he asked the question, well, it was a very articulate question. I'm not going to seek to, um, to, you know, give it, you know, every word for word. But my answer was, well, it's about time for the world to respond in the way that they are, according to an unarmed, I've already talked about it in a previous uh, podcast, an unarmed symbol of a weakening nation is to have a badge with a gun, have in utility, meaning that you have used your handcuffs to put a black man in handcuffs, behind his arms, behind his, his, his back. He's already unarmed. Because I've been handcuffed and they check your pockets. They do it very sophisticated now because there's sharp objects in folks' pockets. So they do it in a very sophisticated way as to not cut themselves with a needle and all of that. But yeah, they, he was unarmed. And he was handcuffed. And so handcuffed and armed and, and it, that wouldn't have caused, they would have been saying stuff. They would have been looking like, okay, Corey, just, just chill out. Just calm down. Just chill out. Be all right. You, you good. Chill out. Uh, <laughs> and then if the officer would have pursued to do, and, and <laughs> no. So we have to unlearn a whole lot. Unlearning some things means to be in a cognitive state, be in an internalized state. That says, wait a minute, what have I learned that will cause me to pick up my phone as an action while all this is going on in front of me? And what have I learned that's caused me to be so, if you, I'm mean, going to use new words, that has caused me not to respond with 
physical action when my brother is on the ground. Maybe he had no loved ones there. Maybe he had no family members there. Maybe. I'm not going to speculate because, again, this is not about individuals that were there. I'm, I'm asking us to look at what has caused us to have the action of either just grab a cell phone and just not even overall respond physically. They said even the folks that were on the planes uh, during, uh, uh, during the time where the planes flew into the, you know, the buildings in New York, they said that uh, even one of the planes, the folks, they bombarded. And so I don't, I don't know if there's any black folks there, but it is absolutely necessary for a new learning to say if I see, if it's in my view, the response has to be, you're not going to kill my brother, and that's by any means necessary. You're not going to kill me. Now, what we have to do also is create the systems by which we trust each other, systems of trust and love and unity that will cause family to come together again, that will cause father and brother to bear arms for father and for, for sister and, and, and auntie and, and, and grandmama. And, and baby boy, baby girl. So, what would my brothers have done on the football field? They've done certain things. Look at the way that we're so physical. Basketball is a very physical sport. And so at sport, look, just like a, a puppy on a leash uh, or a, a horse uh, with the reins, right? Once you take the reins off, he's still pacified. He's still rendered uh, perhaps even defenseless because of the training, the conditioning of the, the trainer or the master that's sitting on his hind pots. Like my granddad used to say, I'm still talking about a horse, but see the, see the way that folks have been riding black folks' hind pots. In training, conditioning. So what has to be unlearned is all that training and conditioning has conditioned us to respond. Hmm. As if no brothers were there at all. 